0: welcome everybody i'm jared he's dj and this is number one bullshit the airbnb where we're staying at the uh i don't know if you know or not little man's super into trains at this point literally across the street like i'm looking out the window right now there is a train track and there's like an old train that's just parked on display oh nice and oh little man's face when we pulled up that's a real train yes it is you're welcome daddy loves you okay remember yeah yeah exactly the only reason i got this
1: airbnb is because i love you
0: yeah it wasn't that his mom booked it at all it was definitely of course not he
1: doesn't need to know that he's three
0: yeah. 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 He'll he'll learn as he gets older. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy does all the cool shit. And Daddy sure. just just plays. Um uh, not playing though was Johnny Walker. I mean he came out loose, uh, but then he got dick kicked. Again. And he's yeah. like, come on, knock yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> like he wasn't playing at that point. Like, hey bro, what are you doing? Uh, um and then he started getting loose. End of the round, a little boning away, right? He yeah. was getting his cap aware on, uh, but Jesus, I mean, what can you say about Uncle Iaf? Like
1: he, he, he. You have a note here. Has to be title shot next. It has to be. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be just because Jamal Hill. You don't know what's going on, but I mean, yeah, he had a poor showing against Blackowitch or for his title shot, but he had a poor first two rounds. Exa- okay, ex- like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. The, the fight has a poor memory of it right where you're just yes. like it's a draw for a you know whatever
0: yeah which it shouldn't have been no he won. yeah he won three four five i agree like, yeah it has to and be i'm not saying next. he's next up for the title but his next fight i think needs to be for gotcha so oh you, absolutely depending on when jamal hill like all that plays out let that happen it sounds like jamal hill's back in the summer so you let poeton jamal hill go mm-hmm. if one of them has to step out on kalaev's there but his next fight has to be for a title. Like, what are you gonna do? Give him the winner of Yuri Rakic? Like, I just no. Nah. Yeah. I, I think he deserves it. He man, that
1: that finishing sequence, the uppercut, and you mm. live. It was like when he uppercut him in the nose. You're like, he broke it before they oh, say. Him, yeah. You're like, that's broken. The way he Johnny Walker grabbed his face. It's like it's broken. Something's broken. It may not be his it, nose. It might be his tooth.
0: <laughs> Something. Yeah. But just immediately grabbed it, stopped fighting, good on the stoppage, good on, I forget who was refing it, but good on him for not letting Johnny Walker just eat unnecessary punishment because he was not fighting back. Yeah. But, the, I mean, for Uncle Ive to grab the back of his head to keep him close enough to land the initial overhand right that... Johnny Walker, the he falls so awkward. He does like he stiffens up when he gets hit. It's it's oh, it's like a bad visual. But he was still awake. Like mm-hmm. He was starting to bounce back before. And I love it. Talked about it last week. Just accuracy on a follow up ground shot is so beautiful. And he just. It
1: was. I mean, it cracked. It was, and, it was perfect, and it's not like a perfect featherweight. It's a perfect light heavyweight shot. Yeah, like to a, yeah. Uh, to a, uh, someone that's not defending their face at all.
0: <laughs> yes, and what's absolutely amazing to me is when you look at Ankalaev's UFC career, other than not having the belt, it's not that different from Islam. And Ankaliyev gets a lot of hate, but he had one loss. In a fight that he was winning the entire time and just UFC jitters tapped with a second left, right? Like all he had to do was survive another second and he's undefeated in the UFC.
1: Well, well, hold on. Let's not pretend like surviving a second and a choke isn't like difficult, but agreed. But like when you look at it this way, it's like it's one more second of your life.
0: Yeah. Yes. He didn't go out like that's that you would think in his. the the fighter he has become now, that if the same thing happens, he's like, all right, I have the cage awareness. I heard the clap. Like, I can wait. I can wait. And, but other than that, he's looked amazing. He got his legs chopped out the first two rounds of the Yon fight. But to me, that, for him to come back and even get a draw, which we just said, neither one of us really thinks was a draw. I don't think so. But for him to come back that shows so much championship, like mental, to of just the mindset of like, I'm losing and I need to change up my approach. Yep. And oh, I have zero, I have no legs, right? I've got no legs. <laughs> like, kids throwback. And he comes through. Yeah. And, and so. Yeah, I just think he gets a lot of disrespect. And like you look at it with Islam, yeah, Islam got knocked out in his first fight in the UFC and is just running through everybody since then. And Uncle Live has kind of done the same thing. And you just have people that hate on him because like Dana White threw a hissy fit over the draw. And, well, yeah. Some of it, I don't know if it's also disrespect as
1: far as much as it is just like not American, right? Sometimes these people that don't speak the, I mean, Islam speaks English.
0: Yeah, and he has a good personality, like, joking around. Exactly.
1: And, it's, yeah. it's a little bit, but, like, Anka Live is, like, there, there's no personality to him that's going to draw you toward him. So you just have to be a fan of his fighting. I don't know how you couldn't be, and especially after last night. Free card. Unfortunately, the NFL playoffs, so who's really watching? Yeah. You know, you don't know what demographic that might have watched this card isn't going mm-hmm. to because of the... But it is a free card. That it means it will be replayed if someone wants to see the highlight. I don't know... I don't know how you don't get, unless, I don't know if Poetan's even talking about fighting before Jamal Hill will be ready. That yeah. would be different. He's ready for it, man. Let's see him do it. It's, it's too, he's too fun, yeah. And the light heavyweight yeah. division needs this type of stuff. And it was, is what it needed.
0: I mean, can you imagine him versus Poetan? Yeah, I can. I think it's going to happen. It'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Because like, Uncle Liev has the wrestling, mm-hmm. but he's also going to stand there with you. And, we, and and so like how how long do you weather that storm? Yeah, and we know that
1: Poetan is going to stand up. You know he's constantly working on his wrestling, his takedown defense, his jujitsu, him getting up. It showed a little bit in his last fight with Yuri. Mm-hmm. If he's
0: going to continue getting better, then all right, great.
1: We have some and if contenders.
0: And if it's Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill showed really good grappling against. Glover, the ability to like not let go Glover dictate where the fight happened.
1: And what does that mean? And Glover knows that and he's teaching Poeton that. Yes.
0: Yeah, dude. Yes. But then like that skill set, trans- Hill versus Uncle Live. Like yes. there's this has me excited. We'll see what happens with Yuri and Rakic. Uh, but there's like, there are fresh names now, you know, even though Uncle Live's been around for a while, hadn't fought either of those guys. Like there's some, some good. Good matchups here. I just hope that it moves, and, you know, especially you look at Poetan's age. Yeah, like he can't be taking a ton of time between fights. Like I hope that this division gets going, so some of this can shake out. And then, you know, if Carlos Olberg continu- continues to do what he's been doing, he's kind of in then that next group that can rise up. You have to stop not talking about my man's Roundtree.
1: I don't care if you're going to talk about <laughs> Oberg again. I, can, I genuinely
0: keep forgetting about <laughs> I don't about him. know
1: why you keep forgetting about Roundtree. These dudes all crack. Hill cracks, Potom yes. cracks, Ankalav cracks, Roundtree cracks. Like it's this division can start being like exciting, really exciting consistently again uh, because out of the two heavy heavy divisions, heavyweight and light heavyweight, heavyweight is struggling a little bit more, so light heavyweight has the opportunity to make them the premier heavy division, you
0: know? Yeah, because and we saw it on this card. And I y'all know me. I want to be as positive as as possible. Never want to disrespect people that are willing to step into a cage and fight, especially somebody like Andre Orlovsky, who's been doing it, I mean, for 20 years, yeah. you know, in the UFC. And but just that fight, to me, the heavyweight division, you have your like four or five exciting people at the top. And then after that, they're not the most entertaining fights they get. There's either a lot of hesitancy because they know the consequences or people, you know, blow their load and are just exhausted Ah. three, (laughs) three minutes into the fight. And it's just sloppy. It's like, well, we might see somebody fall down. You know, we might see a knockout, but it's just you go from that. To like, let's look at the trio of Bannon Well,
1: Hold on, I want to I make a comment. I've yeah. really been thinking about this. We had that conversation earlier about that heavyweight fight and kind of our feelings toward heavyweight. And I think one thing that's missing from the heavyweight division that we get excited about all the time, prospects. Every mm-hmm. division, right now, without you looking at any um, rankings or any UFC like um, roster, if I say... 135. You're gonna tell me prospects if I say yeah. 170, you're, and we can't really say that with heavyweight because, yeah. like, you're, like you've said, since I've known you, since we've been watching fighting, a lot of these heavyweights are going into like other sports, football. You know, like I'm gonna go get yeah. paid to destroy my body. So, but yeah, but then, but then we have a menu, a fucking feast of uh, what do they call them? Flights of whiskey type of thing, a flight yeah. of band and weight fights, and it's so fun.
0: Yeah, pick you like just pick cuz all three of these were were fucking amazing well, fights if, and not not that everyone was super competitive um you know thinking about the the McGee Gaston fight but still just we learned so much within these fights like Well,
1: well if you don't mind, I would like to do Bashorat first, McGee, and then Bautista fight just because I think one of the cool things about the Bantamweight division but seeing like these fights is we see the levels of each fight and we saw it on this card where we'll talk about Basharat super well-rounded right but what is it lappy loose lappy Lose? yeah lap yeah I, I don't the, know the way they were saying it's not how I like I he's was pron- French so I want to say that <laughs> it's, def-
0: it's definitely not that
1: he was never out of the fight like he it's not like he was just uh, uh, hold on. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. it's double impact respect oh, the I'm, I'm damn. so sorry double impact how dare I <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was never out of the fight. But Basharat just looked better. And then at the mm-hmm. very end, he looked like he finally, like his his gas tank kind of like depleted a little bit and lapping loose, whatever. But lapping loose was never out of it. But you see a band and weight matchup of people that are on the same level, but it's so exciting. It's so much more exciting than some of these other fights that might be top 15 fights, right? Yeah. Basharat looked amazing. I have a question for you. It's the first time I ever heard it or recognized it. Referee um, said, "Watch out for the shot to the spine." I don't think I've ever heard that before.
0: I've heard it very sparingly. Yeah, I can't like, remember. It, a time. Yeah, definitely not common. I, there's been some times where a guy has kind of been laid out for the takedown, you know, and the guy's in the the sitting position and dropping elbows down along the spine, and like I've heard, probably Herzog, you know, one of one of the kind of more experienced refs say it, but yeah, it's not common. It's definitely not common. Just because I think that the the people generally don't attack the back like that. Yeah. But this fight, I I was really we talked about it last week. Like, how is Basharat going to how's he gonna do it? Mm -hmm. How is he going to get to his game? And he did a really good job of just timing. He was throwing, you know, engaging in the stand up and then drawing these movements at a double impact, and then the second the opening was there, boom, go get on it. And in the first round, you saw him grab it, and it wasn't quite there, and and he had to work for it, but then as the fight went on, it was getting easier, and that ability from a guy like Boshrod, who's fighting the most experienced fighter that he has fought up until this point, a guy who's had two separate tours in the UFC, and I think only one loss in the UFC up until this point, for Boshrod to come in and just look like yeah i'm the one that's taking the next step i'm the one that's ready for the next level of fighters and not you is really impressive the the fight iq to not go in there and just be like well i I have to get it against the cage i have to try to take this guy down but play his game Mm -hmm. for a while and then find the openings it's so evolved for somebody who is so young in his career, he's what, 12 fights in now, and not his UFC career, his MMA career. Yep. And that's what we talk about all the time at these lower weight classes guys outside of the UFC, guys that are now in the UFC that are not even being remotely close to being mentioned as a top 15 fighter, having just evolved skill set, evolved fight IQ. Like it is so incredibly impressive. Watching this, Boshrat was this big time prospect. He didn't do anything that leads me to believe he can't then fight the next tier of guys, right? Which is what we look for in prospects: is within the matchup, are they proving what they need to to say? All right, let's take the next step up the ladder. And he a hundred percent did that. I agree.
1: And up until the third round, like like I said, Lapalus, was if he was taken down, he was fighting to get up. Up until the third round, the third round is when he. That one takedown closer to the end of the fight is when he looked like he was like, okay, I'm going to finally give in to the pressure. But then by that time, Basharat was was a little bit more tired. Imagine if he had that next level of gas tank. It would it probably would have been over. Uh, yeah. But great fight, great banding fight, which brings us to yeah. the next level of fight, which I think is the next. You're talking about Basharat going to the next level. I think the next level is the Marcus McGee. Talk about it, my man.
0: Yeah. He's so good. (laughs) He's so good. good. And for him to basically stand in there and beat Gaston at his own game. I mean, he beat him up standing up. And once again, we talked about what's the fight IQ. That was the question coming into this fight, right? Like, is McGee just going to explode? Is he going to try to tire him out? Like, what does that look like? His patience. Is It's like beautiful. Like, it's a fun thing to watch of him engaging in the stand-up game, him having this kind of weird herky-jerky style, him switching up stances, not allowing Gaston to get comfortable. Playing his game until Gaston was like, okay, cool, we're going to kickbox. Boom, shoot for the takedown. And just mixing that up, being patient to not, just like Bosharat, not force the takedown, find your openings, and then keep that in the back of his mind because Gaston was able, he was able to stand up, he was mm-hmm. able to fight off takedowns, but all of a sudden his defenses are not quite as good as they were. Because oh. you would think a Muay Thai fight, Gaston should win 99 out of 100, right? Just based on credentials. Yeah. And he got beat up in the stand up game. Yep. I mean, McGee almost walked off. Right, hurt him badly and put his hands up. Gaston stood up, put his hands up, and he's like, "Okay, cool. Now I'm gonna wheel kick you yep. and hurt you again until until they stop this." Dropped him multiple, but like had him hurt yeah, multiple had him times. Hurt, hurt a had him hurt. One of
1: my notes is had him hurt a bunch. <laughs> I used the oh, yeah. term a bunch. It was a bunch. <laughs> yeah. He he controlled the fight start to finish. Yes. I mean, it was when he when he finally went for a takedown. You're like, uh oh. This is a problem because he's already kind of winning the stand up, and he goes for the yes. takedown. Now it's like now Gaston has to think about this. It's 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 not going to be a, a an easy night for Gaston if he could find it. McGee didn't even look like he was in a fight at the end of it, man.
0: No, at all. And Gaston's chin's unreal. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Because we've seen McGee put guys out. Right, his previous yeah. he walked off. Right, J.P. buys he, he walked off. Yeah, and he was connecting clean clean, clean, multiple times on Gaston. And not only did Gaston survive, he was still there, like mentally. You could see him not like wobbly, not, you know, unable to to understand what was going on. He was still very present within the fight, eating those shots, which bodes well for him. You know, we don't ever like to talk about somebody's toughness or something like that. But to me, there's also a very big difference between toughness and being able to truly eat a shot and still be mentally present to to have your movement to do all of those things that I mean even up until the end when he got dropped and McGee put the hands up for the walk off, like Gaston got up and kind of mocked him with the hands up right yeah. like he was that present in what was going on, but I want to watch Marcus McGee fight every single week like it's one of the reasons fighters like him are one of the reasons I get so excited for this sport,
1: yeah and and to that point, we do want to see our fighters be tough. We don't want to see our fighters get beat up because they're tough, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see our fighters be tough so they can have the opportunity of the movie ending where it's like, I'm getting beat up, but the next thing I know is I crack them I and it's over, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what we want to see. Yeah, uh, to to kind of repeat your point, yeah, let's see Mickey fight everybody. He's not young, right? Like
0: No, early 30s. Yeah, so yeah. he just looks
1: good. He had a little bit of that... um what's that guy's name oh man he has some some fighter or yeah fighter um oh my god i just had his name in my head that kind of cokehead energy (laughs) he had a little bit Uh, of clay guida Guida, there you go (laughs) he had a little bit of that clay guida energy but like after when you hear him talking about it like he you could tell his heart rate comes down quick like he's just Mm -hmm. very calm he this was this was one of those nights where He's got to go back to the gym and be like, everything we worked on this camp just worked. Everything that we did just things just went our way, right? We had cheat code tonight.
0: And there's certain fighters, when you see them, it's like, okay, this guy belongs. Right? He he might never fight for a title. He might never win a title. But here is a guy that is a legitimate. You think, and we won't know until we get tested. But like he's showing things where it's like, oh, he's a he's one of the best in the world. Yes, like he's a top fifteen type fighter, and and that's that's what I I saw here. And and it's you saw a glimpse early on with his short notice, you know, first fight, and then the fight against buys, and it's like God, he's just. We always talk about it. He's passing every single test along the way. I want to see somebody that is going to grapple him. Mm-hmm. I want to see somebody that's going to test his gas tank. Um, but he, there's, I mean, 135 is a damn shark tank. There's no shortage of of matchups for him. And actually, one that would be kind of uh, kind of interesting would be the the loser of of our. Uh, the other Bantamweight fight in Ricky Simone, cause like he's gonna test your gas tank. That's to me, that's almost the uh Gabriel Bonfeme Nicholas Dolby yep. type fight where it's like, hey, this guy might not be one of the ten or fifteen best in the world at this point in his career. But guy, you better come correct because he's going to, he's gonna let you know if you are.
1: And and I, I love that, and we're going to get into that Ricky Simone fight. For me, I would love to see Marcus McGee fight a Chris Gutierrez who just got mm-hmm. exposed as well, right? Like that type yeah. of guy where it's like, if you want to break in, Gutierrez was number 15. He, he fought, and he got exposed in terms of that next level jump, right? There was something yeah. that he got exposed for. I would love to see that. But speaking of this, um, <clears throat> Ricky Simone-Bautista fight, my Lord. Now, it felt to me... That it was one one going into the third, but two of the judges mm-hmm. had it, had Bautista win all three round, all three rounds. So That's insane yeah, to me. To me, but then I'm looking at stats. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe it just felt that way. But to me, I was going into the third round saying it's one one. Bautista started taking over. Bautista in the third round took over. Oh my god! And this is the levels that we saw. We saw three bantamweight fights tonight, and this is the top fifteen level. And the top fifteen level is no fucking joke.
0: Oh, it's it's so high level, and when you and I think you know to talk about the first round, I think the reason that I thought Simone won it was it was a close round. But then there's the visual of Batista trying to throw the flying knee, getting caught with the check left hook and hitting the ground. Yep, you know, and I was actually really concerned. What was it? End of round three. I think there was a clash of heads and Bautista dropped. Mm. And I was really concerned that they were going to think, because if you're a judge, you don't know, because he was throwing a punch. Sure. If they thought he dropped him late, uh, but good competitive fight, and Ricky Simone's a guy that you know never hasn't been able to break through when he's had those opportunities against the, the best of the best. But if those are the guys he's losing to, and he just lost to Bautista, yeah. what does that tell us about Bautista? The, the toughness... The fact that coming back from that first round, he did get dropped, yep. even if part of it was him being in the air. He did get dropped, and for him to put the pressure on round two, and then, I mean, you had to, I'm sure in his mind, he thought, you know, worst-case scenario, it's 1-1. One, one, I got to go win round three. He gets taken down. First of all, he's getting jabbed up, and then gets taken down pretty early. Yep. And for him to be like, oh, fuck no like this is not how this is going down and for him to stand up and then just take control for the rest of the fight that's the shit to me that I then see and I'm like yep he's he is a top guy because he did not accept in the, and we've seen some of these other prospects that we were so excited about when that moment happened they didn't rise to the occasion yep Right. Where either they accepted it or they didn't have the skill set to get back up. Whatever it was, they did not rise to the occasion. And Bautista very easily could have accepted it, could have had the mentality of, oh man, you know, I had a close fight against Damone Blackshear. And now, you know, I'm going against somebody who is a top of the food chain guy. And ah, third round, it's not going my way. And that's not in him. Nope. That's not in Batista, and that is that's the that's what gets shown. That's the test, right? The test is does he have that ability when this moment needs to be your moment? Can you rise? And he did, yeah. And, and it was awesome to see,
1: yeah. Because as far as names go, this this might not be the high like he Batista lost to Corey Sanhagen, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the past, yeah. But this is his biggest win, by yes. far his biggest win. I mean. Not his biggest matchup. His biggest win, though. Now you're in the top 15 of the bantamweight division, like that. What we just saw there needs to even level up just a little bit more. One thing I really did mm-hmm. like is in that third round, razor sharp focus when they know when they mentioned that um Ricky Simone looked up at the clock and he was like, usually it's not Ricky Simone doing that. It's like yeah, because Bautista is like like hunting his prey. It was awesome to see because, like I said, up to that point I'm thinking 1-1. Now mm-hmm. if Bautista's corner knew if they show live, you know score results and like all you gotta do is win this fight but maybe in this situation it was better that I I don't know how you can't think it's not one to one Ricky Simone controlled him for over a minute in the first round it felt like a I don't know it felt like a a first round for Ricky Simone great for Bautista what he does next is really gonna prove because now he broke into there now we Mm -hmm. know that you're fighting these guys you're gonna fight someone on that level if you can do it again then you've really broken in it's like some of these people are like I don't feel like the champ until I defend it. Well, you you've earned your top fifteen rank. Now what happens? So man, his yeah. next fight is going to be super interesting.
0: And and I think he has. When I was trying to think of who I want to see him fight, there's fights that come up that are really interesting. Umar, Jonathan Martinez, but those are ones I don't want to see till down <laughs> the road. Say you stop this right now, yeah. Don't ever well, say and, and, Umar. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just because, like, I think Umar's ranked like 13th, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing that I want to see 14, 14, yeah, which is insane. You're telling, me thir- you're telling me there's 13 better weights in the world than Umar Nurmagomedov. No, I think there's 13 weights
1: so. that have been more active because people actually <laughs> yes. match up with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: People actually will accept a fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <with> them. <laughs> but the he's on a six fight win streak. The only Win streak in the bantamweight division that's longer is Marab Yep, and that's at eleven, which is fucking insane. Give that man a title shot. He's getting. Um, He's got to beat Cejudo. Yeah, I think he does. I think so too. He's got to do it. Yeah, and so I think with that win streak, and you just get your best win to date. You get a top guy, but I think you get one of the older guys who is coming off a loss. Gotcha. Like, that's the, the way I think you can continue to build Batista. Or, now you know Batista's not the dude. It's one or the other. Yep. And, like, Rob Font comes to mind. Can can he get past that? Because there's been guys that have had their opportunity against Rob Font and have not been able to take care of business. And so, that's one I want to see if Dominic Cruz I ever fights say, again. I'm going
1: to say, why not give him the Dominic Cruz one, though, right? Like, yeah. if you're talking about old heads, it's like, if you can't beat Dominic Cruz, you don't deserve... Top yep. 10, right? Dominic yep. Cruz, I mean, but you're right, if if he fights again. But even if Pedro Munoz. Well, I know? was
0: thinking that, but he's booked against Kyler Phillips. Uh, that, okay. that was, a th- yeah, Pedro Munoz was, like, immediately the name that came to mind yep. because, you know, he's like Neil Magny of the Bantamweight division. <laughs> like, yeah. if a prospect needs to prove himself, he fights Pedro Munoz. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's booked against Kyler Phillips. So, Kyler Phillips is going to get his opportunity to catapult himself into the top 15 shark tank right and and now we're starting to get a little bit of the turnover within the top 15 If yeah. batista can keep going like this is it's the best division in the in mma yeah. for a reason you have guys like batista that up until you know it's still we until tuesday will not be a top 15 fighter yeah. just impressive and one thing i do have to mention you know talked about on the f update that uh Twenty twenty four is not the year of the mullet. Yeah. That uh Ricky Simone cut his off. Semi the Jedi cut his off. And guess what? Both guys lost. Yeah. So the question about Semi the Jedi did he lose his power when he lost the mullet? I think the answer might be yes. Yeah, when well, you don't have the trailer
1: part back in you, it's over for you, man.
0: Yeah. So hey, hey, not Johnny Parsons. Don't cut your mullet off. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. You're gonna catch that L if you do. Um, but that was yeah, I mean Ricky Simone, don't know necessarily where he goes from here. Um, semi the Jedi, yeah. Preston Parsons, good, good showing by him. Uh, <laughs> I thought you know for him to kind of win on the feet uh, was impressive. There were some other prospects that just showed up. You know, we can start with Joshua Van.
1: Let's do it. He, he I, the, my only problem with Joshua Van, he just gets hit too goddamn much.
0: Now he doesn't show
1: it, but man, mm-hmm. it, he gets hit so much. He just gets hit too much. No, that's maybe some age and him being yes. able to take shit. But god, when he turns it on, he turns it on, dude, it's so fun.
0: The once he started digging into the body round 2, it was, you know, the and he's starting to add more the I mean the standing elbows in round 2 were nice. The the ground and pound is continuing to improve yep. like he's He's going to be a problem. I think at flyweight, they don't need to rush him. Keep letting him fight guys that are on his level. But in my opinion, must see TV. Yeah, and they have to because,
1: like, even though he's getting tagged, and he was getting hit a lot. Like, I'm not gonna. He might not look beat up, but he was getting hit a lot. But man, his 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 control of just I'm going to dictate where this fight's going. He just he's walking your boy down. Uh, He was just walking Felipe down. And then, yeah, like you said, opened up big in round two, and it just it's like he he needs that first round to i guess download all that information because round twos for him are insane. Round twos are just
0: big for him, he's been a slow uh, all all three of his yeah. fights now, like round one, he comes out slow and eventually that's going to catch you yes right eventually that's going to get you if you're getting hit if you're not getting hit it doesn't matter right but he gets it Uh, but if you're fighting three round fights you cannot give away a round
1: sure but peter yawn was kind of in that same thing where like Mm -hmm. round one is always slow but then two and three was just him clearly winning and then like once he gets into the five round fights i'm not saying it's good for him but the difference peter yawn is peter yawn's first round was him being very defensive and just not getting hit and it was just like kind of like a stalemate type of fight and then <laughs> round two taking that information. Joshua van's getting hit. Can't do that.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then Nicholas Moda, you know, we were talking about Tom Nolan, but uh yeah, Moda, that fucking, I mean, it was fun while it lasted, but he was dropping bombs. God. He is a, like for all you, you know, just bleed people out there. Like Moda's your kind of fighters. He's got 19 professional fights, and 14 of them have ended by way of knockout. Whether it's him or his opponent, right? Like he's he he is he was cracking. I think, ooh, Oof. just big power on everything. Mm-hmm. So that was you know fun to watch. We always talk about uh, we're going to highlight certain people, but. Come Monday, you're going to hear us talking about totally different people. Yeah. And, you know, Moda's making us talk about him. Another one, Gian Silva. Yeah, I almost highlighted him last week, him being a, a contender series guy. But, like, I was sitting there watching this fight, like, yelling at the TV, like, stop it. Like, oh, just yeah. stop the yeah. fight. I mean, the, the lead left hook, he could have hit him whenever he wanted with it kept connecting. I mean Wilson would like fall down and stand back up. It was that was for as short as that fight was like that was a hellacious beating. Yeah. Like and, and, Wilson took some shots. Yeah. And
1: that left hand was dangerous. And then after he connected with it a few times then his right hand was open too. It's like Wilson wasn't stopping anything. Dude, Silva was throwing everything Like he hated this guy. It was. Mm -hmm. It was. uh, It would be interesting to see if he can keep that type of output for three full rounds. Doesn't matter because people's chins can't take that type of damage for the most part. It. It was. It was. That was violent. And he just had confidence. He just had the swagger about him. Like I'm connecting when I want. This is. This is easy. Yeah. It was. uh, And then when he got him on the ground, when they went to the ground, he just stood up. He's like, No, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. You're too long. (laughs) Stand up. It was.
0: It was fun. The guy has 12 wins and eleven are stoppages. Yeah. Like he is yeah, he's fucking shutting people off. Yeah. And it was a, a lot of fun to watch. You know, poor Weston Wilson, his last fight was Joe Anderson Breach, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then now he gets this savage coming in, just dropping left-handed bombs on him. So that was that was a fun one. And then uh another one, and it didn't make it out of the first round. It was close. I, th- I thought it might make it out of the first round, but Bill Haas, Bruno Fajeda. Um, yeah. Haas is, you know, he might be out of the UFC at this point. And I get, it wasn't just the left hand that dropped him. Yeah. Like there was an accumulation of a lot of strikes, a, but the a left crazy
1: hand... knee, like a really, yes. really good
0: knee. Yeah. I mean, he was on wobbly legs after the, after the knee, but that straight left glanced off his head and, and he went down and it wasn't, it didn't put him out cold. That follow-up right did, because he was out, out. Took him a while to wake up. It was scary. You and, know, and, one of those, if you're in Hawes, if you if you love Phil Hawes, you're talking to him, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, is Phil Hawes' skill set is good. It's not like he looks like some scrub, you know what I'm saying? Or pedestrian, as you like to say, <laughs> disrespectfully. <laughs> but With all due respect. Yeah, but the thing is, is because on the other end, Bruno, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't look like some fighter that I'm thinking is going to break into the top 15 out of that performance. You know, yeah. it's not like he looked amazing. Some of the things. It's always fun to me when like people like throw a kick or like a knee and they slip. It just looks like they're not in control of their body. But yeah, that punch, that punch, it it looked like it barely grazed his chin. I know they said it hit mm. the temple, but I'm like, yeah. he didn't go down because of the knee, and that's what took him down. It's a problem. It's a problem that we highlighted last week. When he gets touched, it's over for him. Like you said, if you love him, you're close to him, let's start talking about like like man, do you really want this 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 much damage because your brain's shutting down too much?
0: Yeah, like it's happening where it's it's shutting down relatively quickly. And granted, he did eat the knee. Yeah. But that was yeah. the beginning of the end. That knee was the beginning of the end. Yeah, he you know, he does kind of remind me a little bit of a Terrence McKinney where he has this like great skill set, but then he gets knocked down. Yeah. You know, I mean, same thing with McKinney. McKinney shows like these great skills, but then, I mean, out cold a, a lot. Um, it's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. And Fajita, 100% finish rate. Like, here's a guy. I'll, I'll always tune in to watch him because crazy shit to, like fights going to end, you yeah. know, uh, be, before it's fun. 15 minutes. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a top 15 guy, but on any given night, he can beat. People if they're not minding their p s and qs but mm-hmm. he also might get shut off too, so just fun to watch and we need any, our any we need fights.
1: our fans to mind their p s and q's and do a couple things for us man
0: yeah what what would those things be I
1: think they need to get on their phones or if they get okay. on the computer, I don't know if people still get on twitter or on their computer okay <laughs> but they definitely need to get on the phones and follow us uh number one b s pod on x at number one at BS number one pod my x. bet yeah. at number one b s pod on and on their podcast listening service of choice, go ahead and like and follow us, man. Download yeah. each episode, have it, have it notifications on. I have my mm. notifications on. I listen to ourselves. Why yeah. don't you guys oh. do it too?
0: Yeah. yeah, I I get that nice uh, that nice notification six a.m. Yep. Monday morning, letting me know that hey, my week's gonna start fantastically, baller. <laughs> and uh, to wrap up our talk about this card, we have to talk about it my man, Jim Miller, um, good on him. Just I was nervous. I was nervous round one because he was getting jabbed. His eye was getting marked up. I was like, my man's not going to be ready to go. I April. know. This is going to be a problem. Oh,
1: man. It's really the only reason I picked him because I was like, I just want Jim Miller to do it quick, not get damaged so we can see him on 300 just for his, if he doesn't care about it, fine. I care about it, apparently. I think it's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and on our picks we were both what, four and four one? Four and one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four and one. Yeah, I really yeah, thought I got- Ricky
1: Simone was gonna uh stop Bautista from coming up to that mm-hmm. level and, and I can't I can't hate it all. I love seeing like you're saying, I love seeing these people we we're talking about Bannon weights again. I love seeing these yeah. people like step up to the challenge. Yeah. I didn't think Ricky Simone was going to allow it, but man, Bautista. But yeah, Jim Miller, I mean, come on. Another stoppage Damn. at his age.
0: I mean Yeah. And it was <sighs> It was a face crank, right? And I get it's painful. I've had my face crank before. It sucks. And like, but there's a difference between tapping in the gym to that and tapping to pain in a UFC fight. And and unfortunately, Mowgli is one of those guys that is underachieved at times in the UFC. Um, would, one thing I do wanna highlight, pretty cool to see uh to see Kane in Mowgli's corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, just that uh with, with him being out. And good to see him kind of back around the sport. And then Jim Miller, we have to talk about it. He said he wants 300. Dana White said he'll let him fight on 300. Called out Brock Lesnar, would love to see it. Um, Hilarious. But like realistically, the two he called out, I love the matchups. Did call out Matt Brown at 170. I think Matt Brown's a little too big for him. Yep. Uh, and we see the power, you know, even still that Matt Brown has Last thing to fucking go. people up. Yep. Uh, one that is really intriguing though. And and the man was calling the fight. You call this man out when he's in a suit broadcasting your fight. Paul Felder at one fifty five at three hundred would, would be a really cool fight. You know, it's not like Felder is contending. He's been out of the game for a couple of years, you I know, mean, obviously still training, but I think that's a that would be a great matchup for Jim Miller for UFC three hundred.
1: And if Paul Felder still has him because he's in testing pool, you know, he's mm-hmm. training. Why not? It's like now I'm on the 300 card. Like yeah. I have it built in. I when you look at UFC 300, it shows Jim Miller versus TBA. Why not just mm-hmm. make it you? He's calling you out. He wants to fight you. Yeah, I'll get my little paycheck, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's 300 so you, unfortunately you're not going to be on the broadcast for that anyways, right? Of it's going to be Annick Rogan DC. And uh, you know so that. He,
1: why not take it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see it. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the press conference, uh, but I like Felder sat down at the press conference, the post Five press conference and was talking, so I I'm going to have to go and listen to what he said, see if he uh if he said fuck yeah, let's do it. He seems like that kind of guy that'd be like fuck yeah, like why not.
1: Yeah, he's talked about it before in the past, like you know, I'm I I'm ready to do that. So that would be a great fight. I, I hope. From what I saw, it doesn't look like Jim Miller can't fight at 300. I hope yeah. there's nothing that we just don't know about. Or right? you don't know if someone hurts them, injures himself in a way that they can't. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was good. And I mean, at 40 years old, man, he still looks game. He still looks yeah. like he. It looks like he still has that hunger in him. Yeah, we're the gonna see a one- fight very soon.
0: Yeah, the one if it's not Paul Felder just as like a nostalgia thing, and I think they've already fought at least once, if not twice, Clay Guida. Yeah, but uh, you know, just put the two forty year olds in there and, I knew you were about to say go. Clay Guida yeah. or
1: bring Sanchez back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stop. 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 No. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, because I don't want to see him being used as a speed bag by some con artist. Come on, man.
1: It was his trainer and his coach yeah nothing more (laughs) nothing more Uh, um, now i do want to say this yeah jim miller face crank. i want to go back to that face crank because i don't know what it's like to feel to get face Mm cranked but kind of how you were saying in the gym is different like go ahead and tap because it hurts i guess that's where you're implying get your job
0: you can get your job okay for sure so
1: do you think because i've seen you know we saw connor tap to a face crank, and Joe Rogan's like, you guys don't understand how painful this is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Jim Miller just has an extra level of, of like, uh, squeeze, or is it I'm tired after a three-round fight? Do you think it's more of the pain that gets you to, to, to give up, or it's more of just the position where I can't get out of this and, it, and it's painful, right? Is it just pain, or it's like, because we saw Simmelsberger almost got his arm, like his elbow was bent, yeah. and he's pulling out, right?
0: So some yeah. of that's pain, but I feel like I can get out so I can fight it. I think it's different mentality. Okay, fair enough. I think it's a different mentality. I think there are guys that would never tap to that, regardless of if their jaw breaks, would never ever do it. Okay, I'm not think there are guys that are like, no, I'm good. I fought enough tonight, and I think, yeah, you know, not to disparage any fighters, but I like that's something where I I think there are, I mean, fuck, look at Elise Reed in her fight against Loopy. Like her, her arm was disgusting. Yeah, like you're, you're telling me that there wasn't severe damage there. Look at fucking El Kikui, Yeah. you know, yeah. against uh, what was it in the Du Bronx fight? Yeah, Du Bronx fight. Yeah, yeah he's getting his. I mean, his arm was not okay, and just said, "No, fuck it, we're doing this." Yeah, fair um, So yeah, I, I think it's a mentality thing. Yeah, the, uh, and going into next week, we're back to numbered fights. I am. I know people have been talking shit about this card online, and y'all know me. I think any card can be good, and I think 297 has some fucking exciting. But matches. I want to I want to comment on that because I'm going yeah. into 2024.
1: We had a kind of a conversation about this. I'm going to 2024 and seeing like what is getting me excited. I I, I already know that watching because this this fight night card was way more exciting than I thought it was gonna be, and I was already stoked mm-hmm. about it. U C 297, it's not the best card. Let's just be honest. It's not the best card when you look at just... Yet? Tests. We don't know. But, 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 but that's the thing, though, is I'm not playing the yet game. I'm saying, what do we have on paper, and it, am I stoked about it? Because we're really harping on this, what is 300, 300 going to do? Mm-hmm. So there are cards that you look at on paper, and you're like, I'm fucking ready for this one. This one doesn't seem as strong. However, we are getting a title fight. We are getting two title fights. Right. And... Then you start looking down the things like, okay, it's not the name value, but I'm okay with not being stoked for a card in terms of just like, okay, by example, which one do you think is better on paper? 299, 298, 297. You're not picking 297 over these two, right? You're just not. But 297 is a pay per view card and they always seem to shine. I'm super stoked about the card, but there's a lot of people on this card that I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. What is really going to happen? I'm not necessarily excited for the matchups. I'm excited for just watching the card. Right. And and the way I described it to, I don't want to harp on this point, but if you go to a concert, you might not know the opening act, but you're excited to see what they have. And then mm-hmm. if they're good, perfect. If they're not, oh, well, I came here for the opening act anyways. So that's my
0: little rant. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we have on this card. Yeah. Aside from two title fights, we have uh, the action man. Yep. Okay, Chris Curtis coming in against power bar, Marc-Andre Barrio. So right there, we have awesome nicknames. Um, And Chris Curtis, not boring. Other than when he couldn't corral uh, Jack Hermanson, he's exciting. You don't have the nickname Action Man, and you don't host a podcast called The Man Dance with Sean Strickland also fighting on this card uh, if you are not an exciting fighter. But, and, however,
1: his last fight with Imovov, I know it ended with a headbutt, but this was one of the least impressed times I've looked at Chris Curtis. That's one of the least impressed times, right? It, it You watch his fights, and you're like, he's usually always on. Even with the Gaston fight, he lost, but mm-hmm. it was like, God. With the Imovov fight, no contest, but he didn't look that great, and Imovov was jabbing his face off. Now, this is a one-off thing, and you never know what's going to happen. His age getting up to him. I don't know. I'm always excited to see Chris Curtis, not for the reasons that you said. <laughs> I think the man does think it's hilarious, but he's always hilarious. in fun fucking fights. He's just mm-hmm. always in fun fights.
0: I think he rolls with shots very well. Mm-hmm. And I think Imavov is a very unique test sure. that, you know, he kind of got derailed by losing to Strickland. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time he lost to Strickland, a lot of people had a somewhat negative view of Strickland of just sure. a volume puncher. Who's not that good. And, and like, we, he's, he's the fucking champ. Right. And so I think that loss has aged well for Emovog. And it, C- Chris Curtis does have a little bit of a struggle with, you know, you can say he was jabbing, but he was a lot. Emovog was using a lot of teeps yeah, a sure. sidekick using that distance. Barrios is going to try to drop bombs and and so like this is one that i think potential fight of the night type where these they're going to stand in front of each other and do the man dance right well like, and bur- that's what's going to burial he gets hit
1: like it's it's yes. not like people don't find his chin and chris, mm-hmm. here's the thing fighters find burial's chin chris finds chins chris yes. is going to find his chin right <laughs> like that's yes. it's uh, i know that's the you know if a b c whatever that's going to mm-hmm. happen it's just with sometimes, like, it was Chris Curtis has 40 fights. He's 36 years old. Like, does that stuff start catching up with you? I don't know. I don't necessarily think so in this fight. But his last fight was like, okay, are things starting to catch up with him after the gasoline fight? We'll see. I'm always excited to see Chris Curtis. I'm, I don't know why. Curtis. Curtis. I don't know why I'm excited to see him all the time. It's just he, there's something about him that's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't ever think he's going to fight for a title. Like, I, he's yeah. not that guy. Yeah, this fight is going to be fun. I think that Chris Curtis is going to find his chin. It's just whether or not he can consistently do it and burial get stopped
0: or not. And another one that's fun. Uh, and I was I had even forgot that this one was on the card. Air Jordan versus the Slender Man, Sean Woodson. I mean, you Woodson has incredibly fun boxing to watch. Plus, he throws flying knees that knock people out, and then Jordan. Other than the Crone Gracie fight, isn't boring, right? Yeah. He it takes two to tango to, or should I say, to do the man, man dance? Yeah. And uh, like the Crone Gracie fight, Crone didn't want to be there. Yeah, right? that, was, like that, that, was, that was that was that was the anomaly. An anomaly. Yeah, and Jordan even said like I need I needed a win, guys. Sorry, like I I had to do it. Is what it is. This one is my dark horse fight of the night. Like This is one that really has the potential to just be an exciting, exciting fight. So we have that one. That's your fight of the night? A potential. Oh, you're A potential for fight of the night. I'm not now, when we look at the card, I'm not saying it's going to be fight of the night because I think there's some great matchups. But this is one that I think, as the card is going on, this is going to be one. This is going to be, in my mind, the fight on the prelims where people are tweeting out, oh my God, Fight of the Night, give these guys 50K. And it won't be because they're on the undercard and Fight of the Night very rarely comes from the undercard. And the next fight we're going to talk about is also, I think, has the potential. Uh, but I like that fight to me. I think there's going to be some fun violence. Like it's oh, not sure. just going to be violent, there's going to be fun, cool shit going on. We also have, you know, since you're like, what do we have on this card? I'm going to tell you. We have one of the participants from what some people had as their fight of the year in that Brad Katona-Cody Gibson fight. In the... (laughs) Yes, in our... Featured prelim, we got Brad Katona-Garrett Armfield. And this was one, as I was watching them fight, as I was, you know, doing my research, Brad Katona, first of all, Canadian, and on the last Canada card, they all went on they all won. Yeah. So if you're placing your bets, yeah, they all won. And this uh, is a Bantamweight way uh, fight, so you know it's gonna yes. be good. <laughs> so you know it's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Katona, the fight against Cody Gibson was so much fun. And then in the third round, this was another one. Come third round, like Cody Gibson was kind of kind of jabbing Katona's face off. And Katona just had that, like, no, I've been talking a bunch of shit outside of the UFC saying I still belong. And guess what, guys? He does. Took advantage. I mean, uh, clearly won the third round, right? And was like, that's what he needed. And Gibson was just pressured the entire time. The entire time. And Katona was just, he won because he was fresher in the third round. And when you are fighting off your back foot for two rounds and you're somebody's just walking you down and you still have that gas tank, like you are always going to be in it. And then Armfield's gonna be that guy that's going to bring it as well. Because in his last fight where he actually got a full camp, was not fighting up a weight class. I mean, he beat the brakes off of Kazama. Yeah. Just, I mean, hurt him to the body, hurt him to the face. I mean, by the end of it. It was a five minute, I mean it was a one round fight it I look like
1: sixteen seconds, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: He looked like he'd been thrown in a fucking wood chipper. Yeah. Like he was beat up after four minutes and sixteen seconds. So that's what Armfield brings. is gonna oblige him. And let's not forget what Katona is. Now granted it was up a weight class for Kyler Phillips, but Katona has a win over Kyler Phillips. Mm-hmm. Who has now has been in the top 15 at Bantamweight is now getting another top fifteen fight. Oh, yeah. On the ultimate fighter, Brad Katona also beat Bryce Mitchell. Right? So here's a guy. Yeah, he was one and two in his first stint in the UFC. Yeah, one of those losses was to Marab. Yeah, Marab. Who well, guess what? He's
1: still winning. Yeah, Marab. He's got 11
0: in a row. Marab's
1: it's, one of the ones that you just play. Okay, guys, it's Marab, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, is Katona ever gonna be a champion? Probably not. But guess what? He belongs and he's always going to be exciting. And we have the dance partner that's going to do it too. So I think like this is the other. There's a reason that it's the like, and, <laughs> there's a reason.
1: And that. it's going to be 100% on the feet. There's no way these dudes are going for takedowns, right? It's, this know, is going to be a stand up fight. And with band weights, like I said, it's not that there's not fun fights, but it's just not the strongest cards to- top to bottom. Yeah, these are bantamweight fights. They're fun. We have another bantamweight fight yeah. coming up. It's fun. These are all fun fights. This is going to be a stand up war. Does someone get stopped? Probably. Right, probably. Nope. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Nope. And if not, it's going to be one of these like exhausting third round. They're swinging, you know, just like I'm just going to put the rest of what I have in me to swing. It's yeah. Th- this is a great matchup. And hopefully all these fights, no one gets hurt, right? No one misses yeah. weight because we didn't talk about the weight miss, and I'm so tired of it. I'm so yeah. tired of it. That's
0: why we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: I'm so tired of hearing every week someone missing weight. It is getting to the point to me of like absurdity. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this stays at the feature prelim because it is a good way to go into the main card.
0: Yeah, like first of all, I think you're gonna hear an announcer say "What a fight!" while <laughs> while this mm-hmm. one is going on. And then this is the type of fight that gets people to then buy the pay-per-view. You're absolutely right. Like that's the purpose of, of the featured prelim on pay-per-view cards. And I think this is the fight that, that does it. You had referenced another Bantamweight fight. One that I just want resolution on uh, is that Suri Sidi or Sidi Ramon Tavares fight. They were fighting on uh, Dana White's contender series. But Sidi dropped Tavares and Tavares immediately was getting ready to fight back, and Kevin McDonald stepped in and stopped the fight, which was unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and this is the fight, but this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like, this matchup is a really good matchup, but nobody knows who these guys are. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe Tavares, because Tavares has fought one more mm-hmm. time, but the, the thing that I have looking at this, because, you know, I have to do a little bit of research myself. Watching mm-hmm. the contender series fight, yeah. Sadiq ko would him. Mm-hmm. Mm, like you said, maybe a little controversy to it. Oh, super early, super early. But what has changed from their first fight? You know, what has changed? We haven't seen Sidi fight again. So what's yeah. changed? I It's, it's going to be hard to say you don't see the same result other than the fact that Tavares has fought one more time and finished it, what, 29 40, seconds?
0: And it was fucking a wild 29 yeah. seconds. That was like an old-school... Like I'm gonna draw a line in the sand. You stand there. I stand here, and we're just gonna rock 'em sock 'em robots till it's over, <laughs> which is fun.
1: But we know we know that Tavares is probably gonna bring that to the table again, and Sadia has yeah. seen it. So what do we see different? Uh, th- I think this is gonna be a wild fight again. Yeah. But if you know if someone's just kind of leaning on one, it's like what what has changed in the last matchup that they have. I don't know. It's gonna be fun to find out, but I just yeah. don't know. You know, uh, this is. Another bantamweight fight. So, oh no, this is. Where are we at?
0: Yeah, bantamweight. Yeah, bantamweight. Another yeah,
1: bantamweight. bantamweight fight. So it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it, and yeah. it's gonna be fun to hear the Canadian crowd. You know, it's just gonna oh, be. Yeah. It's just gonna be fun.
0: They were so good last time. I and mean, we have eight Canadians fighting. I did. I wanted to talk about uh, Jasmine Jazz DeVicious, just don't have time um, because uh, she's put on some good performances. I know her last one wasn't her best, but like that's probably going to be fun. Also, Jimmy the Brick flicks on this one, but we won't talk but, about him. We got. Uh, but let's talk we, about the Canadian of all Canadians on this card right now, dude. Mike Millah. Oh, the the hockey bro himself,
1: dude, Mike Malot, dude. We he's doing he's doing the Neil Magni test. Right, mm-hmm. he's doing the Neil Magni every test. Every welter
0: every welterweight
1: prospect has to pass it. Yeah, and and let's just keep it real. Neil's last showing was awful. It was short notice, but from the press conference to the end of the fight, it was not good. Mm-hmm. thing is, is like. Magny usually is on a win-one, lose-one, win-one, lose-one. So he's on his lose-one. Now this is his win-one, you know? But Malau's like the prospect that's just fun. That crowd got me more of a fan a lot than just his performance. because, oh, yeah. Because, he, I mean, he's looked great. If he beats Magny, we know he's the prospect. That's the real deal. So that's I think yep. that's the thing about this matchup is, like, if Magny stops him, which Magny can be a prospect crusher, but if Magny yep. stops him, it's going to be... A problem, but Malat's guillotine was so tight, <laughs> so he's, tight against. Was it? Is it? fug it! I would say fug it, but it's fugit, right? Yeah, it I would say fuck it yeah. in my head.
0: Fuck it! Uh, yeah, I
1: was, I, it's just something how I read it. was one
0: arm. Yeah, it one was one arm
1: guillotine. It was so tight, and and then just he's the, got death squeeze. Yeah, the pop from the crowd. This is the test from a in front of home crowd. But Magny Magny's got something to prove as well, and Magny has a skill
0: set to prove it. I don't I don't know how this fight's going to go. I have no clue. All Malad is the last Canadian fighting on the card. <sighs> last time when he was in a similar position and fighting somebody who did not have anywhere near the name recognition as Neil Magny, and no disrespect to Fugit, but like there's a reason there's the Neil Magny test, right? Yeah, He's fair. been around forever and hopped on the mic after. After the win, like, we know, like, you guys are here, like, fuck the main event, basically, fuck the co-main, like, you guys are here for, for the Canadians, like, this is your event, this is our event. Superstar. Yes, he has that, and it's, it's always interesting, especially in a sport like this, because that's so international, you see the different personalities that are, like, big for that country, Mm -hmm. right? And by that, I mean, like, an American superstar, Is going to be the brash shit talk like or the just absolute like cold blooded like that's the American superstar, the Sean O'Malley's of the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Then you have your Russian superstars, which are just the send me location like, you know, just that fucking stone cold killer. Right. And it's it's funny because Malat comes off as I don't want to say corny, but like he comes off as kind of this it wouldn't necessarily be like badass for America, but like within that culture, like he makes me want, like, yo, I fucking love this dude. Yeah, But if you put him on a mic with, you know, with like a Robbie Lawler, who's just going to, you know, cold blooded hit you with some shit or like a, an IMG or a Connor. Like, it's just, it's so different, but he, this guy has the potential to be an absolute superstar. Yeah, and I I love it, and I love watching him fight. You know, here we are talking about his persona. He's got the skills to back it up. His yep. kicks are fucking filthy, and his ability to switch stance and you to use his back leg. Right, he's fighting uh, Johan Liness. He's southpaw the entire time. I'm like, oh, this dude's a southpaw. Well, he steps in against Fugit. He's orthodox the entire time until he's switching stance mid combo, right? So I think he really likes that open stance. But here, 10-1 and one, all finishes, nine of those in the first round. Yeah. Like, if you can get Neil Magny out of there, that says a lot. Because IMG brutalized him. He didn't get him out of there. No, he didn't. He, right, uh, He it, punished him, though. He punished yeah, he yeah, him. Yeah, he hurt him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. But, like, Shavkot got him out of there. Yeah. So, so is that who we're, like, is that what we're talking about? If, if Malat can get him out of there? Right? Like, now we need to start talking about this guy like we're talking about Jack Della. You know, like we are talking about IMG. Dude, how good is welterweight, too? <laughs> it's so fucking good right now. It is so good, and yeah, to have this ability, fucking Kung Fu grip, death squeeze, because Linese, or Linese, my apologies, not pronouncing the name right, the, the arm triangle from Mount, to put him out, didn't need to get the angle with the hips, just all squeeze, the one-arm guillotine versus Fugit, like this guy, death squeeze, awesome kicks, so, I am very excited for Mike Millat.
1: So let me ask you this. Mike lot wins in a world where he wins this fight. Because, you know, mm-hmm. first of all, we're not even going to talk about if he wins and then gets on the mic again, the crowd's going insane. Especially yeah. because now there's two title fights and he's going to say, I know you don't give a fuck about the two title fights coming up next. Y'all came to see your boy. Yeah. Is Magny out of the top 15? He's number 13 right now. Two losses in a row to prospects. Is, it, is, it, is he kicked out of the rankings?
0: I don't know. I mean, because, like 36 and just 36 years at old. The t- just looking at the two people below him, we got Kiesa and Renat. 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 God damn it. <laughs> um, and so I think that. Do we think Magni can beat Kiesa? I would say from Kiesa's most recent performances, I don't know if I'd say Kiesa uh, I would than say Magni
1: still is above Kiesa. Yeah.
0: So I would, you know, but do I think Renat beats Kiesa? Yes. Yeah. So I almost think Kiesa drops from 14 out. You know, maybe Magni Renat stays at fifteen. Magni moves down, and then
1: a lot. Yeah, in there. I'm I, I I'm not saying kick no Magni out. I just wonder mm-hmm. what that looks like because he's not young. Yeah, he's he's not a young guy, and if he gets the thing with him losing to IMG, it's not necessarily that he didn't get finished. It wasn't even close.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? like, dominating. Like,
1: like, there's there's some times where you can get finished, and it's like a close fight. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Usman Edwards, the perfect example. I'm winning. Yeah. Dominating. <laughs> IMG, <laughs> IMG made it look like, and I always do this, and it's not fair. I just do it for my own thing. Like, okay, if this was my first Neil Magny fight I'm seeing, what would I think of the guy? And it would be like, why is he in the top 15, and this other kid's yeah. not right? That's what I would think. Yep. My lot has a, a, a huge chance, because Neil Magni, like I said, he can be the prospect killer it's not going to be easy. I mean, we, we have talked about the disrespect that it seems like no Magny gets. He's no joke. And if I'm Magny, I'm gonna, like, I'm not going to get beat up like that again twice. And I'm not going to have someone in my head either.
0: You know, maybe yeah. IMG got his head. Yeah, I want to see how Malat deals with the range. Oh, yeah. I want to see how Malat deals with the the clinch. Yeah. that Those are the, the things we'll learn about.
1: Because even though he's not headlining, we already know Malat can walk into a Canadian stadium and not have the nerves hit him. We know that.
0: Oh, like not only
1: he probably like I think one thing about Connor, Connor's superpower was the crowd got him to another level. It seems Mm -hmm. like this kid's the same way. We need a we need a new Canadian superstar to go to. He's he's filling that spot.
0: Yeah, I think and like if he gets the win, I mean obviously he's gonna sell pay per views for Canada. Yeah. But now he opens up the ability to do a fight night in Canada. Yes. You have him headlined. Yeah, five he doesn't rounds. need five rounds, but yeah. you schedule him for five rounds, and now he's leading your press all week. Yep, right? Yep. He's the star of the show, and at that point, you you truly find out is he the superstar that we think he is? Yeah, and so I yeah, I, I think I think the UFC wants him to win because I you know it's it's. Big for Canada. And, I want and him to Canadian win, and, and I have MMA's
1: no reason big. to want him to win. I <laughs> yeah. just, I just like what he brought. Now, yeah. now talking about what I think actually might be like a potential fight of the night. That's why I said you're crazy. <laughs> Arnold Allen versus, you know, I'm going to say Mavzov of Evloev. Movsar Evloev. 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 Evloyev. E- my God. Evloev. <laughs> I put it in there. Phonetically I know, but in like, the it notes, just, man. it's not <laughs> clicking in my head. It's just not clicking in my head. <laughs> For me, you know, striker versus grappler, whatever. But can Allen defend the relentless takedowns that Eve Loyev is going to bring? And not only can he defend them, but can he be offensive after he defends them? Because he's going to be tired, right? Yes. Allen fights a lot of stand up. I was looking, I'm going, doing research. I'm like, he does a lot of stand up strikers. And and he looked great. His last round against Holloway was great, just too, too, a little too late. Another stand up striker, though, right? Ivoyev's not that guy. He takes people down. He lays on them. He controls them. And then he beats them up. I want to kind of almost see Ivoyev not be able to take Allen down to see what Allen can do with that on his mind that I'm going to have the takedown. It's easy to fight when you're not worried about it. Ivoyev's going to be relentless in his takedowns, and I don't, see a, I don't see a world. Let's say this goes three rounds. I don't see a world where he doesn't get at least one takedown, and then what do you do, right? Yeah. What do you do? This is this is this one's intriguing.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is what this was the one I had the most fun doing the research for.
1: Yeah, you were super stoked. You called me, you're like, dude, Evoyev and I was like, all right, let me start watching his fights. You know, I was like, let me get on on my research. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and even the Arnold Allen fights. And by the way, watching him versus uh Dan Hooker, it was it was kind of interesting to see because one, it's like, oh yeah, Dan Hooker's tough as fuck fuck yes. <laughs> like, that man can take a beating like no one else yep. but then also and this fight was like three years ago no tattoos no oh, yeah and then, and my man is like double legs double arms all over his chest now <laughs> I I so. like, oh. no. yeah <laughs> yes but i mean alan he has this he had this reputation kind of as a grappler and it's not really i don't really think it's justified He's shown pretty decent takedown defense, but like you said, he hasn't fought grapplers really since Mads Burnell. And Mads Burnell took him down pretty, you know, and kind of put it on him a little bit as a, as a chain grappler. Uh, one thing I am very interested to see from Arnold Allen after going undefeated in the UFC as long as he did. Yeah. And then to have the max fight play out the way it did. Mm-hmm. What's his mental now? Because I think that round five should give him the confidence of like, oh, well, fuck, if I just went, if I went sooner, if I, you know, went for broke round four, round three, whatever it may be, just not waiting till round five. He was there. He won round five very clearly in my eyes. And so does that give him the boost of like, well, fuck, I can be in there with anybody. All right, let's go. Or is it that. I just took my first loss in, in the UFC. In the UFC, like, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really – and he's young. He's 29. Like, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. And then on the flip side, Yves Loyev is – like, people forget, I feel like.
1: well, I mean, because, because, But he's – I don't know if people forget. I, I want to keep going back to this before I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. But it's that people just don't know who he is. It's not like he's fighting the mm-hmm. names in the division – Mm-hmm. And it's he doesn't have that star personality yet. So, he, but he's fucking consistent.
0: Holy he's, shit! Yeah, he's never lost. Oh my god, he's seventeen and zero. And the fact that his last fight Diego Lopez, and part of the problem is Diego Lopez has fought twice yeah. since since they fought. But for sure, so, like that fight made Lopez a bigger star than a dead Diddy and And rewatching that fight, yeah, Lopez came out like a bat out of hell and definitely won round one Mm -hmm. and had the scare of the submissions. He rolled too late. The knee bar where like, you know, if the fight goes 10 seconds longer, does he get it? Kind of thing. Sure. But ultimately after round one, he was like, okay, cool. That's the fight I'm in. And then dominated the next two rounds and until the end where there were those submission attempts. And I had misremembered that fight. Like we talk about a lot, the, I remembered it being like, holy shit! did You see what Lopez did to him, and yeah. and I think part of it was the mindset of here's a guy uh, who's supposed to be fighting Thug Nasty. He's fighting a guy on short notice who's one kind of sniff of the UFC was losing on the Contender series, you know. But now look at Diego Lopez, right? Like we know this guy is a fucking savage. Love him, such a fan, and oh, so much fun to watch. Yeah, but Evloev overcame that right of all of the unknowns didn't know what he was getting into really where he lost was on the feet against lopez and when you think about it, he's preparing for thug nasty he's not preparing for any kind of stand up now all of a sudden this guy that he doesn't really know and as we saw in the sabatini fight can absolutely fucking crack oh yeah and he did what he needed to to beat this guy and ultimately was beating him up round two he was beating lopez up yeah And what really impressed me about Ivloyev is I have this image in my mind of just this grappler Mm -hmm. who doesn't really do much and just takes people down and they can't stand back up. He stood with Dan Ige, who carries absolute dynamite in his left hand, stood with him for very long stretches and got the better of him. Yeah. Got the better of Dan Ige in the stand-up exchanges. Was so comfortable, he's throwing flying knees and shit against him. I mean, hurt him on the feet. And then when he got him on the ground, was violent with his ground and pound. That's one thing that I had not really thought of with Ev- Evloev and preparing for the- that's That's the reason I called you and was like, dude, I'm yeah. fucking juiced about this guy. You were so...
1: So jazzed up. Dude. Yes.
0: His ground and pound is fucking violent. Yeah. For for the listeners, there's times where I'm watching fights doing our uh, research and I'm like, oh my God, I, I just, I got to call DJ. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm having so much fun watching this fight. I have to call him. And, and it makes me stop. Uh,
1: if I'm doing research, it makes me stop. Like, all right, Let me just jump on this. Cause what is he so excited about? <laughs> but to your point about Ivloyev, I mean, with the Dan Ige thing is when you know that this guy can take you down and can batter you, it changes everything. With mm-hmm. Arnold Allen, he has to think about this. This fight is... This fight... I don't know, because... Kind of to talk about your point about Arnold Allen, how does he come back? I think sometimes fighting the Max Holloway's of the world levels you up. Now, do I think that if he would have done what he did in the... Fifth, Arnold Allen would have done in the fifth round, in the third or fourth, I think that Holloway just adjusts, right? He has yeah, another round. Yeah, like, different he fight. Round. Yeah, I think that, I, I think that Holloway... Like he's the better fighter right now because <laughs> we just haven't seen it. I, I'm not going. to He's talk better straight.
0: than everybody not named <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex Volkanovsky. A, and and
1: we'll see about Taporia, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Allen coming off of this, the good thing that he has is that we know if can go five rounds. He's been in two five. He's been in the fifth round mm-hmm. twice in his career. But he has the gas tank. Everything's decision in third round. He can go two more. We know that. Allen knows that now too. Yes. Now he knows that. Like in my fifth round. If I just save a little bit, I have a lot. So this yeah. fight, this this is this is not a sleeper fight as terms of Ooh. like, oh no, no one knows this is gonna be good. Yeah. We know this is about to be good. This is gonna be a good ass fight. I'm ready. This one, this is the the heartbeat one for me. Yes. it is like because it's starting off the main card and then we have Chris Curtis after. Which,
0: which is borderline disrespectful, but yeah. You
1: know. Yeah, but I understand having the the heavier people above you, right? Yeah. In terms of, we have the title fight, so whatever. But you have the featherweight fight, and then you have a middleweight and a welterweight. I get it. I'm, I'm perfectly mm. fine. Mike Malott has to be placed where he's placed. Yes. He has to yep. be. So you're going to either fight him before Chris Curtis or after. It doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially because... Coming off of a potential banger with Katona Armfield, and then going into the main card with yeah. a featherweight Arnold Allen, like it might be like, holy shit, my my adrenaline's still pumping. This is going to be a great fight. What happens after this though? Like, if Allen wins, where do you really put him? He couldn't beat Holloway for his title shot. I don't know what you do with him. Yeah, because then um, we have to play the game of does Volkanovsky win or lose? What does the division look like? But if if Volkanovski wins and and then Allen wins, what do you really do with Allen? Maybe you have to have him fight a Teporia. I don't
0: I know. Think, this is this yeah, is yeah. I think if Allen wins, you have him fight the winner of Yair Ortega. Ooh. And if he if he strings those two wins together, okay, you get a title oh, shot now, yes. even though you couldn't beat Max. That that's where I think that goes. And if Ivoyev wins, short of Teporia winning, because Volk has to get an immediate rematch, has, has to. to. Even if he gets shut off, he has has to. to. The I think if Volk wins and Evloev wins, that's that's one hundred percent. And and by the way, I'm calling bullshit on the stat. I know I bring it up all the time with you. They are telling us that Evloev has a six foot reach. That man is five foot seven. Holy shit! He's five seven. Just look at a picture. No no disrespect. But a lot of those Russian built fighters are like super wide back, shorter arms, don't have the longest reach. (laughs) They're trying to tell us the UFC machine is trying to tell us that that man's reach is five inches longer than his height. I am declaring shenanigans.
1: Jesus Christ, that's insane. Shenanigans. That's insane. Shenanigans.
0: Yeah. And our co-main event. Uh, the women's bantamweight title fight and this is one that I know I know people are you know we've openly talked about this is probably the the least exciting division in the UFC um you know the, right there above heavyweight and the only reason for heavyweight is there are some absolute superstars yes. you know good shit at the top of this yes. that being said watching this fight you know Buenos silva is was my fighter to watch for the year Juliana Peña yours which winner of this is clearly going to fight Peña. Yeah. But I actually got ex- as I was watching the as I was watching Rocky Pennington's fights. It actually got me more excited for this matchup. And the reason for that is what Pennington brings as a as a strength is doing what it takes to win a fight and generally that is landing a couple strikes to fall into the clinch and then control it from there, and her opponents can't get out of it, and all of a sudden, you know, it might not be the most aesthetically pleasing fight. You know, bueno Silva even talked about in the press conference. She's like, yeah, this is a fight that sucks for fans. But the, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing, but that is where Bueno Silva struggles. And so for all the excitement I have about Buena Silva, because I, I think she is a savage. I think she is a killer. She is out there to be aggressive, to hurt people. But there was long stretches of the Holly Holm fight. And Holly Holm, has, her grappling's gotten better as she's gotten older. Sure. But she is a world champion boxer and kickboxer. Yeah. She is not a grappler. And she was able to hold Buena Silva against the cage for extended periods. And ultimately, Bueno Silva was able to push her head down, get the ninja choke game over. But that's, I want to know, because if, if Bueno Silva, once again, gets trapped on the cage a lot, even if she wins, like that does not bode well, going into a fight against
1: Juliana Pena. At all. I agree agree with you 100%. I agree with you on Raquel Pennington too, because we talked about this on the phone, and I was just like, man, there's something about Pennington that I just don't believe in, But I think it's me not believing in who she used to be because (laughs) now it's research week, right? Let's look at it. She does a great job, like you're saying, of holding her opponent, slowing down the pace, and then dirty boxing. Like What she can do, it's weird to say slowing down the pace is fighting your fight, but for some reason her superpower is slowing down the pace, and now you're in my world, and people just can't seem to get out of it. You're absolutely right. I mean— we had a, like I said, we had a, our phone conversation. And I was just like, man, I just don't, I don't see what you're trying to convince me right now, Jared of Pennington. I just didn't see it. And that's what I see. I think that, and it's fun because, you know, Buena Silva will submit you in different ways. It's not like she has mm-hmm. one submission. She'll do it in different ways. And that Ninja choke was slick. But, yeah. but to your credit, to Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. I personally think that Bueno Silva is the future of the division. Right, that's what I personally think. I agree. Now, now it could be Julian' Pena, but we'll we'll hopefully see it soon. But is anybody? Well, are are you surprised if Pennington slows down the pace of this fight and wins a decision? You're not surprised. You're not calling me before the DDP Sean Strickland fight and be like, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. After watching Pennington, you you I was not convinced on the phone with you, and I was like, dude, I don't know. I feel like. To me, it felt like we're trying to get juiced up about a title fight. Now, this could be a boring-ass fight. Yep. It could be.
0: If, if it is, Raquel Pennington's going to be the champion. Yes. She's going to be the champion of the world.
1: Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. If it's a boring fight, I don't see how Pennington loses. Now, what do I want personally? Because I do want this division to be great. Make make this division great again. <laughs> I want Bueno Silva to win the fight because I want to see the matchup with her and Drew Pena. But... Man, I I I don't know why I was so down on Pennington, other than my biased, very very biased memory of her. But you're right, dude. When she slows down fights, it's like, uh oh. Well, yeah. it, you're watching these fights that have already happened. You're like, well, fuck. There it is again. There it yeah. is again. Damn, she's got she's got a skill set. She got a superpower. She's 35. We don't know what's gonna happen. You're, you 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 sold me on the P- pennington side of this fight cuz i i wasn't bought in on this title fight her her strength
0: is bueno silva's weakness yeah and, 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 and so you're we're saying gonna, perfect yeah you're saying that yeah, perfect yeah we're going to see and the what i am interested in as well coming from Buenos silva's side with this evolution of pennington the last two fights where she has looked very very good from the standpoint of executing her game plan She's fighting two fighters that are known for being a little passive. Okay. And Aspen Lad, Ketlin Vieira. Yep. I mean, especially Ketlin Vieira, where it's like, hey, if you just do more, like, you have the skills to be a champion, like, level fighter in this weight class, and you just don't do more. Yeah. That is not my Bueno Silva. Mm-mm. She is aggression, shot out of a cannon. She wants to go in there. She understands what she signed up for. Yep. She's in there for violence. And so I I want to see... How does Pennington, this new version of Pennington, how does she respond now when someone else comes out as the hammer? Yeah and is like, hey, no, 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 no. You're you're not able to to move me backwards and get me towards the cage. Yeah. So I want to see that. And then if Silva's backing her up, can Pennington turn it? You know, is it is her way to get it to the cage walking backwards? And then allowing it a clinch to happen and then her thinking she can get it flipped around to where now she's in the dominant position. There's gonna be some of those little battles, and and that's what I'm like I as I was doing my research, it's like, oh shit, this is going to be a better fight, I think, than what I was anticipating of just oh Buenos Silva's violent, Pennington's not, she's just gonna overwhelm her. And it yeah, there there is a very clear path to victory for both fighters. For right, both fighters, yeah.
1: And I like how you said how how we how we were both on the same page? If it's a boring fight, probably like if I missed that fight that night, and you're like, "Dude, that shit was boring." I'm like, "Okay, well, I know the champion is obviously yeah, Rocky's it. the champion of the world." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now now going into the big title fight, I want to pose a question for you, okay. and and then we'll we'll break down because Sean Strickland's last performance said everything. It said everything mm-hmm. you need to know. I mean, to, for him to do that against Izzy. And it was a sh- pure stand up fight. Was no one, you might not like the guy. I still don't like his personality. There's, there's things that I think he's very hypocritical on in his personal life, but we're talking about a fight. But the thing that re watching that fight, this is the thing, and I just have this bad feeling was this. The, gar- the type of fight for Strickland, like Garbrandt, where it was the fight of a lifetime, and he showed his ass, and then from this point on, he's not – like, he. this was the best we'll ever see him, and then we don't see him retain his title. We don't see him – like, people figure him out. What do you think about Strickland going forward from his last performance to him being the king of the division and his longevity?
0: Yeah, I think that's a very interesting question. I don't anticipate it being a Garbrandt situation from the standpoint of Strickland. That's been Strickland for years now. Yep. That style. And I think with Izzy, people didn't think that that style would work. And it did. Yep. And so I think that, I don't know if that's the high watermark. I mean, obviously, you win a title. that's It doesn't get better than that, right? right? You can defend it, but you can't, can't get any better than that yeah. other than winning a, another title. But I do think... Uh, like, Strickland can be knocked out. Granted, it was Poeton. but like we saw, he baited him into chasing him yep. and, and crushed him with the left hook. Yep. Very few people have the power of Poeton. DDP, noted doorbell hater, DDP, <laughs> fucking cracks. Yeah. He has, and it's not always one shot and you're out, but he has fight-changing power. I mean, look at the Derek Brunson fight. When he actually started connecting on Brunson, Brunson gave up the will to fight. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I mean, like you look at it, he just. Brunson was was like winning the fight up until a little bit of ground and pound into the first round. And then he's fighting well, second round. And then he gets cracked. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't I don't want to be here. And at one point he's on his back with, with DDP in his guard. He's just laying flat backed, getting punched in the face. Yep. Right. So where I don't know if I mean if DDP wins, I don't know if it's a downhill thing for Strickland. I think Strickland's going to Strickland. So even if he loses, I think he comes back and still is the same fighter. Mm. And I don't know if the method in which DDP would win would be some, oh, here's the hole, everybody. Come check this out. So you don't think uh, potentially –
1: and now now we can start kind of breaking down the fight because both these dudes have weird styles that you're like, yeah. that shouldn't work. And you're like, how the fuck does this work? Like, realistically, how the fuck does Sean Strickland's style work? How does it work in MMA, yeah.
0: in MMA? Philly, Philly Shell with, without big gloves to deflect stuff. He, he like over responds to stuff, like overreacts to stuff. The, his guard is what Dan Hardy refers to, and it's Dan Hardy saying this, not me. He calls it the cocksucker guard. Okay. <laughs> be, yeah, because he's sitting there with both hands in front of his mouth. Yeah. And Dan Hardy says he calls it that because he doesn't want people to do it. So he tries to, you know, say it's something that, like, you know, these big tough guys don't want <laughs> to be associated with uh, because you're not blocking anything. Yeah. Your guard isn't protecting either side of your head. Yeah. It- and, yeah, so he does these things that are, like – they shouldn't should work. not work. It shouldn't work. Uh, but he is he is currently the best middleweight on the planet. Maybe second best. Ask Johnny Eblen, But like is he's there. Yeah. He 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 has that he has that fighter in him. Like he's a fighter, right?
1: We just know he's yes. a fighter. Yes. But it's but like I said, it shouldn't work. DDP has a fucking strange style too. Watching his fights, mm-hmm. even even when he cracks Whitaker. It's like when he's chasing him down, it looks weird. And I think maybe it's some of yeah, it, yeah, awkward is a better way to say it. Can DDP get him down? If DDP can get him down, can he keep him down, right? Can DDP crack him? Here's the thing, yeah, maybe only, and ah, man, I hate to say this, because a loss is a loss, a win is a win. I think Sean Strickland beat Cannoneer. I, I I feel like he, rewatching that fight, I I, I know yeah. it was a split decision, I feel like Sean Strickland should have won that fight. But it's a loss. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So his real... In his last couple of fights, or his last handful of fights, really it's just Poetan. Poton cracks. Okay. Poton's going to knock out anybody in middleweight if he could stay there. I don't know how he's not mm-hmm. fighting at consistently heavyweight. But if he could stay sure. at middleweight, I think he can knock out anybody. But this fight, it, it's just so weird. Does DDP just try to stand up? now? Now you talk about all the fight skills. But now we have this mental thing that's happening now too. DDP is in Sean Strickland's head, hundred percent. And does that change the way he fights? I don't think so because I feel like Sean Strickland puts all of his unfortunate life, like his lifetime of trauma, into his fighting. You kind of see it like the way he talks. Come on, man! You know, it's like it's like he has to get it out of him. But it's never been directed at a person. It's always just been like, this is what I have inside of me, and I'm bringing out to the person. Now it's like, I want to fuck you up. I want Mm -hmm. to hurt you. I want you to know, and DDP has no reason but to be comical cool, and collected at all. He doesn't yeah. have that tension. You know, like you want to talk. Sh- DDP even came out. Sean Strickland came out in an interview with Theo Vaughn crying. He's like, You're sitting here talking shit about men that cry, and now you're on an interview crying. Like you're such a hypocrite. DDP is in this man's head, but it could be a superpower for Sean, where it's like, I'm going to take out all my aggression on you or it could be super out for DDP. It's like, I just got to sit back and make you make a mistake. This fight is fun. This fight yes. is fun.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be, cause I have no clue how it's going to play. Me out. Either, like, That's dude. the thing is if we say, Hey, DDP knocked him out, you know, or took him down and fucking elbowed his head into the canvas. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I get that. Or if you say, yeah, Strickland Strickland him. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Right. Like we just don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to put you on the spot.
1: What you lean in today. What you lean in um, today?
0: Just for winter, not
1: not how. Just yeah, I think, I think DDP. Yeah, me too. At least fifty five, forty five. Because I think, I think he might catch him. Yeah, but it's hard yeah, because yeah.
0: rewatching DDP's fights, he gets hit. Yeah, he does. A lot. He does. And like watching the the Brunson and Whitaker fights, he was put in in trouble a couple times, but it came from him getting taken down. He doesn't have great defensive wrestling, but Strickland's not going to grapple him, no, right? So and old Stillnox does time out takedowns. So he will go there when he hurts people. I, yeah, I, I truly, truly don't know how it's going to play out. And one of the things that that Drake has said in the, you know, since he's been interviewed afterwards, and they're like, "Are you going to keep bringing that shit up with Strickland?" He's like, no, like, I don't need to. Mm -mm. Right. I'm already in his head. Like, do I feel bad for him? Yes. You see somebody on a podcast hurting like that. Like, clearly this man is hurting, but also he's a hypocrite. And so I needed to expose it. But like, yeah, it it was interesting to to hear him be like, oh, no, I I already won that battle. He did. I don't need to do that again. He got Sean Strickland to try to fight him in
1: a crowd like you won and he knows it. Here's you can't take that away. You might be over it now but you weren't and it's in your head somehow. Now, mm-hmm. Sean Strickland probably has very good mental game, right? Mental mental strength. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I won that first part. I exposed you. And and yeah, maybe he was an asshole doing it. DDP was an asshole bringing it up. But Sean Strickland's an asshole to everybody else that he wants to bully on the internet. He wants to bully mm-hmm. so much and DDP's a fighter. You're not going to bully. Yeah. You're not going to bully another person that can't be a bully. This fight, man, with him walking down this is going to feel like a big moment. And I think yes. I think the only downside is the crowd might get lulled into a Pennington slow mm-hmm. fight where it's like, ah, you know. Oh, they'll erupt, though. But but they ha- have to get that energy back up. Now, what I hope for is Malat goes out there and fucking hypes the crowd up, right? Just get some hype. Mm-hmm. And then Buena Silva goes out there and does what I hope that she does so I can see mm-hmm. the fight that I want to see. And then now we have this because then my heart's pounding, dude. Like, then it's like, oh, yeah. oh
0: shit. Yeah. 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 I mean this is a if Bueno Silva can fight her fight. Yes. This main card has the potential to to just be fireworks. Fuego. kicking off. We, yeah, yes. Fuego. On the mic. Uh, I mean, yeah, Arnold Allen, Movsar or Movsar just to start it off. And then you got the action, man. Then hockey man himself. Like if this this one could flow into just like ready to erupt. Yeah for this fight as they're walking out. The when this one was initially announced I was like, yeah, kind of okay, but once again as we're getting closer, as doing research like fuck, this is going to be this is going to be good. And so, DJ, there's your answer. That's what this card has. Yeah. Yeah, That's what like I
1: said, I, I'm not saying that the card doesn't no, have no, good fight. back. I'm not don't walking walk it, it back, back. But but the question I posed to you, you didn't answer. Is this card on paper more exciting than two ninety nine? Than two ninety eight? I
0: will answer on paper. No.
1: That's what I'm saying. So like we can play the well after it, it might be better. But after yeah. two ninety nine, might be better too. Could I'm be. just saying, like well, taking it sport, t- taking it at face value. It's like okay, you know, if if your favorite band puts out an album with three songs, you're going to be like, what the fuck but they might be the best three songs in the world. But at first, it seems like I want to have at least eight. Can I? Can a brother get eight? Can a brother get eight songs? You know,
0: I only can get three. So it's just well, one of these well things. Well, not if it's that weird prog shit you listen to where they're doing 20-minute songs.
1: What, what, what
0: prog shit? Dream Theater? <laughs> <Where> are you <laughs> going to hit on Dream Theater, dude? little, little crazy <laughs> doom sludge metal. No, I don't listen to that bullshit. Just get the <laughs> fuck out of here. 12 minutes. I will cut this podcast <laughs> off to,
1: to not try to play me in front of our fans.
0: Yeah, so hopefully, guys, what what I just did was take this from DJ being an absolute downer, <laughs> trying to talk you guys out of watching this card to getting you guys nice and lubed up and ready to Don't watch. do that, man. Don't say that anybody's lubed Let's up. Let's go. This is a family friendly show. And going from lubed up to my man Raw Dog, uh, oh, we man. do have some fight announcements. Mexico City headliner, Brandon Moreno, supposed to be fighting Amir Al Apparently, Amir Al Bazi has some like very serious spine issues. Uh the doctors pulled him from this over a month out, saying, Hey, you you can't be training. We you need to to go get this spine issue taken care of. So we have my man Raw Dog Roy Val stepping in. This is a rematch. If y'all remember, Raw Dog did get hurt in that first fight. I want to say maybe broke collarbone, I believe it was. And so we are going to get that rematch. Yeah, might gum up the division a little bit yeah. Uh, because yeah, you know, we were excited for Albazi um, because if Albazi won, he got the title shot. If Moreno won, can't argue a rematch against Pantoja because that was a fucking amazing fight, my fight of the year. Um, and so this could gum it up because if Raw Dog beats Moreno, great, awesome. But we don't need to see him fight Pantoja again right yeah. away. Uh, so, but, you know... Moreno in Mexico City, it's going to be exciting. Raw Dog is, you know, he's not going to get taken down and held down by Moreno. Yep. So we're going to see some some fun, crazy shit going on and here. And that crowd's going to be insane too. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, when Moreno comes out to the mariachi band. Like yes. It's, it's going awesome. to awesome. be awesome. It's going to be fucking awesome. They also announced Zell Huber versus Prado on that one. If you don't recognize the name Prado, that's uh, Argentinian Drew Dober nice uh, we we also had a couple of announcements on uh the fight night in Saudi Arabia March second uh after Farad put on a great performance, his brother Javed basharat coming back after um kicking Victor Henry in the crotch to the point where he was vomiting backstage, <laughs> but according to the doctor didn't hit it didn't hit the balls all <laughs> and oh, <get> balls um. <laughs> We got Javid Basharat taking on Faraz Zahabi's brother, Amon Zahabi. So that'll be good. That'll be a nice little comeback uh for for Javid. Very interested uh for that one. And then we had a heavyweight announcement. Uh Shamil Giziv taking on Biggie Boy, uh Jarzinho Rosenstroke. I want to see Shamil fight because like it could be a minute fight, it could be a 12-minute fight. He's exhausted afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but do want to see him get back in because I I thought he did have a, a pretty nice performance there. Um, also had an announcement uh, headlining the fight night on March 23rd, the return Doug Rose. Rose. We
1: were just talking about this uh, in our end of year wrap up. I'm ready to see her. Hebus is, Mm -hmm. she's going to be fighting Hebus. That's such a good matchup. This is really going to show us where she is in the division.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Going to be, going to be a fun one in the fact that that's five rounds. Very, very excited for that. Uh, Also, a long-awaited return they announced on the april 6th uh card fight night that's being headlined by marvin vittori versus brendan allen which also going to be a fucking awesome fight yes but the return of jermaine durandamy taking on uh norma dumont norma dumont moving down for the first time since uh november of 2020 however she missed weight uh in that fight had missed weight in a previously scheduled bantamweight fight against aaron blanchfield where was going to be fighting up so norma dumont has not made 135 since she was on the regional scene in brazil in 2017 i'm already mad Uh, that she's going to miss weight i already yeah so you know i hope but she's kind of been like holding on to this 145 thing and like it's not uh, yeah like makes me think of mean girls like fetch is not going to happen like 145 (laughs) is not going to happen let it go um so yes we are referencing mean girls no on we aren't MMA podcast we aren't what? Can't can't get my back on me no you didn't can't, get my back get my about back. My, my, my
1: my whole this car's not the best on paper you're gonna call me out well, i'm not saying hey, i'm trying to hype everybody <laughs> up yeah because it's not
0: gonna happen Fair enough. exactly Fair enough. Um, but this is durandami's first fight since october of 2020 where she submitted juliana pena so oh. all of a sudden we might now have another fighter you know Durandamy comes out, puts on a good performance here who could very quickly catapult herself into title talks at 135. We need exciting people. We need contenders. So So even though she's 39, she's older, she's a former 145 champion. Like if she comes in here and puts on a good performance against Dumont who has consistently been winning, now all of a sudden we might have another one uh, up at the top, which Hopefully. will be interesting. Um, March sixteenth, no headliner announced yet, but do have to bring this one up because two of my uh, favorite fighters, friends of the pro- program, they they like to retweet and like our posts, so have have to get their back. Yes, sir. Um, March sixteenth, we had the announcement of. Uh, Short hair Pooh Bear. It's butcher season. We'll call him the butcher, uh, but he liked to comment about short hair Pooh Bear, so we're rolling with it. Uh, he's coming back, taking on Angelusa. I will watch Brian Battle fight any fucking yes. time. So super excited for that. And they're going to double down on this card, and they're putting on at featherweight C-Rod versus Isaac Dolgarian. So good. Oh, fucking excited so for the return good. of Dolgarian this is rodriguez's they're forcing him i would imagine to fight up at featherweight after him dispatching two bantamweight prospects but missing weight both times when he beat raul rosas jr and cameron simon so super excited to see him fighting now last time he fought at 145 was a short notice his first fight in the ufc and it was against jsp yeah getting dominant getting beat by jsp isn't Nothing, you know, not a bad thing, but for somebody who is kind of a tweener, now he can just accept he's fighting at 145. Maybe he bulks up a bit, but he's somebody who is an exciting prospect in his own right. But y'all know how I feel about Isaac Dolgarian. I think he has the potential to be a future champion, so I am fucking excited to watch this guy fight. Uh, Atlantic City. It was previously, this is on March 30th of fight night. It was previously announced uh, that the headliner was going to be Aaron Blanchfield, Manon Fior. Uh, We have a new headliner on that. That fight was not canceled. They're still fighting, uh, but they have announced the headliner is going to be Vicente Luque, Sean Brady. So we have a top 10 welterweight matchup to headline that one. That's going to be violent. Yeah. And I was going to talk about Sean Brady's kind of the new Neil, Ma- or not Sean Brady, uh, Vicente new Luque yep. might end up being the new Neil Magny where like if Magny loses and he's out of the top 15, if that whole scenario plays out, like Luque might be that guy yep. that you have to beat to prove it. Uh, and then also we have the return of two prospects that we have highlighted on this show before uh, Nurselton uh, Ruzaboyov uh, taking on Cedricus Dumas. And right, so that'll be a fun one at middleweight. Yeah. Just one of those. Why we love fight nights, right? You you get some of these some of these prospects fighting each other, and and we get to find out. Um, and then big time, big time announcements uh, for two ninety nine and three hundred. We'll hit $299 two ninety nine first. Woo! The return of Michelle Pajeda. Super super excited for that. He is taking on uh, Mikal Uh, So going to be fireworks. Both of those guys fully accept that they do not get paid by the hour. So, very, very excited and we have for been that. Waiting
1: fight. for Pajeda, Mich- yes. Michelle Pajeda to have a matchup. And this is,
0: we're oh, so yes. excited to see him middleweight again, man. Yes. And don't think you hitting Pajeda twice in a row went unnoticed i see you big dog
1: you, you know i'm not saying
0: only in J. jack right
1: so, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh your boys got it you got it got it <laughs> it's 2024 uh- baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and we did have the announcement of our co-main event for that one. Ooh, dustin poirier uh taking on some risk here because here's a guy who said he would only take interesting fights um and he was like you know what hold my hot sauce I'm willing to take on the next big thing at lightweight. Bro. Benoit Saint-Denis. Bro.
1: Benoit Saint-Denis is
0: dangerous.
1: Poirier is coming off of a head kick KO. And he's about to fight Benoit Saint-Denis. And I'm going to say this one more time. This is why I would pick up 299. You think on paper this isn't more exciting than 297? Get the fuck out of here. Poirier versus Benoit Saint-Denis. You brought this up. Benoit Saint-Denis fighting these top guys. You know, you were like, I can see him fighting. He's getting Poirier. Imagine mm-hmm. him going out there and beating Poirier. What? And you beat Poirier, you are on a very, very short list of people. Dog. Dog. And and unfortunately, if you lose to Poirier, then it's like, okay, we know where you're at, but Yeah, now we know. This fight is a banger. This is yes. gonna happen right before
0: O'Malley Cheeto. Okay. Yeah. Okay, All cool. violence. Yeah. This is and it's a five rounder as the co main. Like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. I, I sometimes hate that shit, for but this one. I'm okay with that. Poirier gets I'm stronger okay as it. fights go on. Yes, yes, and I'm okay with it in instances where we want to know is Saint-Denis a championship caliber fighter. Yes. So I let's put him in a championship style fight man let's do it this is love such, it this is such a good matchup <laughs> yes and 299 is so fucking loaded and it's it's crazy to me because everyone's all disappointed like oh three hundreds kind of weak so far well who cares as long as we see the fights yeah why would you care if it takes place on 299 versus 300 i don't because if they add that fight to 300 people are like oh shit what a great addition like guys it doesn't matter we get to see the fights Who gives a fuck about the number?
1: I think it's just because people want 300 to be like magical, right? It's like, it's like, it's like your 30th birthday party. It's like, it's gotta be a big one, whatever. But
0: Mm. man, dude, this is on two ninety nine, and 300 Mm. is supposed to be better. What? Yes. And we got some announcements for 300. I know there's going to be some more probably coming out in the next week or so. Uh, but we did have some big announcements. We'll stay at lightweight. Uh, Um, Number one contender fight, you would have to say, despite the things Islam's been saying, we have Dubronks My taking on Arman Sarukyan. Hey, Arman, yep. here's your chance. Yep. Here's your chance because, I mean, what Dubronks did to Dariush, Sarukian said, yeah, I'm going to one-up you. Yep. Right? Yep. And what, after the Dubronx fight, everyone against Darius, everyone's like, oh, he's ready to take on Islam again. Yeah. So if Sarukyan can beat Oliveira, then do you say Armand is ready to take on yes. Islam you, again? You just have Gaethje
1: that's probably going to name value himself into a title fight. Yeah.
0: But I don't know if Gaethje name,
1: name values his, uh, self into a title fight if Dubronx wins. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah this what this a is, fight. Yes. We're yeah. This is one where, yeah. Hey guys, this is not a title fight, and we are we get to see this level of skill. We're getting to see the next wave come in. They're starting to be able to test the old heads. This yep. is, ooh, this one's fucking exciting. It, we also got at bantamweight. Uh, Garbrandt shot his shot, and he got it. I got it bro. right. Got it. He's taking on. Davison Figueredo who is top 15 right now guess what Garbrandt gets this when he's in the top 15 yeah. again. So good on you Garbrandt for shooting your shot. You're getting it. I think there's other fights that would have been more exciting for Figueredo. Me too. But holy shit. This is going to be one that is it's not going to last 15 minutes, right? There's going to be absolute fireworks. You have two guys at 135 that can shut the lights off. Yeah very yeah. exciting and then we got our first title fight announcement for 300 as well and i'm not saying that the matchmakers listen to the podcast <laughs> i'm not saying it but i'll provide some evidence because here's one that we were talking about had to be on 300 it was the fight that was going to happen and sure enough we have uh jong wei Lee taking on Yan shonan um i th- think they- the Chinese market's going to be tuned in for this oh one. Oh my God.
1: And this is a fight that just needs to happen. It needs to happen at 300, but it needs to happen soon, right? This is yes. the fight. which just needs to happen soon. We're getting at 300 hate
0: that we have to wait till April, but yeah, this is,
1: this is, this is going to be a good one.
0: Yes. And it's going to time up well because you have Suarez, uh, yes. Amanda Lemos happening right before. I think that one's happening on 299 yep. because you know, weak card, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nowhere near as good as two ninety seven. Um, so they'll, you know, you'll have that one, and then it'll line up because if Suarez wins, that's that's the fight. Unless you're having Whaley move up to one twenty five yeah. to fight whoever holds the belt at that point. Like that, then is the fight Suarez uh, versus Whaley. But they both have to take care of business first.
1: And I would like to say that Whaley does, but you just don't know. You, you just don't, don't know, know A- after
0: Jan's uh, last fight. Yes. Like, Dear Lord, yes. violent yes like that if you would have told me prior to that fight this is going to be the matchup I'm like okay cool but now it's like fuck yeah this yeah. is the matchup and I'm and every time waley gets in she's better and you're like how how are you still getting better so yes everywhere great title fight in every facet yeah. super super excited for that one we got some fun stuff coming up i am i Fingers crossed everything holds up. We'll find out on the F update about uh, what happens uh, with this card. But ooh, anything else on your end?
1: Yeah, if if there's injuries and stuff coming up on 297, I'm not listening to your F update. I don't want to hear it anymore. I just want good luck <laughs> but, one week. Well,
0: how do you know about it if you don't listen to <laughs> I just want one
1: week of good luck, man. Can we get one week of good luck?
0: Well, you'll still get the notification. No, you definitely you know, the I definitely will. I listen to it every time. <laughs> As always, y'all, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.